I, I hope it's all three. I don't know. It sounds like it seems more like nothing in Shul. Okay, so um, it seems that uh, that that the majority voted. The majority of those who voted uh, voted for uh, item number three. There's a clock. Uh, voted for item number three, which again was I'll, I'll read it again. Um, a a fellow rabbi from the five towns said that there's a guy in his shul who was made aware that someone had found his grandfather's sefer in one of these trips in Europe in a Seamus pile. How does he know that it's his grandfather's sefer? It has his grandfather's name in it, and uh, he'd like it back. The fellow who found it on the Seamus pile says, I don't have to give it back to you because there's Yeush, and it was, there was never any hope of returning it. It's Hefker, it's mine. So um, who's right? Just before we get get into it, any what are, what are the tainas over here? Meaning the, the guy's right. Meaning he doesn't have to return. Is there any argument that he should have to? Meaning what's the, what's the basic rule? Let, let's start with this. When the guy was taken away from the Right. Well, he survived. He survived the war. At some point, right? Meaning at some point he probably said, "I'm not getting my storm collection back." Right. I mean, it could be that he, or not say, but uh, you, don't, you don't have to say, Yehush, you just have to, Allah have to give it. Oh, so this comes up not just, this comes up with much more expensive things than a safer. A safer is almost like just sentimental value, but this comes up with Sifrei Torah, with the silver that adorns the Sefer Torah, the, the Kesar on the Sefer Torah, art, pieces of artwork, this comes up with, it comes up with all sorts of, uh, of, of, of items. Now, again, I just got this Shaila about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, and, uh, you know, I was in the car for 40 minutes, and then David Milchus, so, like, I didn't have much time to look into it. I am sure that there are dozens of tshuvas on this topic. So far, I only found one, though, because I, again, didn't have time yet. So, but, but the one that I found was from a pretty big person. We'll get to it in a, in a, uh, in a, in a moment. Uh, but first, let's just go through the background, meaning the taina seems like a pretty good taina, right? What's the rule? What's the halacha? There is a mitzvah d'orais of Ashavas Aveda, that if you happen to find an Aveda, you have an obligation, obviously, to return the Aveda, so long as the person who's the owner of the Aveda, the Bala Aveda, has any hope of ever uh, getting it returned. If he's given up hope, he's had Yeush, so this is like one of the first sugyas any of us ever learned with Aschalos Gemara, right? Meaning this is, uh, this is uh, these are the basics. So uh, if the guy has given up any hope and he's written it off, so then the Torah doesn't require that you do the mitzvah of uh, Hashavas Aveda. Um, ha- however, um, there are limits on that also, meaning not every time someone is miyayish, do we necessarily say that there's no mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda? So, for example, um, the uh, several poskim hold that only an adult can give up hope on ever recovering an Aveda. Only an adult can really have yeush, but a, uh, a katan, a child, cannot uh, cannot really have yeush. Not all poskim agree. It's a major discussion in Achron. But over here, that was not relevant. The grandfather was an adult at the time of the, uh, the Holocaust, the, another another um, qualification that's necessary is that it has to be that the Yehush comes before the guy found the Aveda. 
if the Yeish only happens after the guy found the Aveda, well then he still has to return it, uh, which over here again, the, the, Yeish ha- the, the Yeish happened way before this guy found the Aveda on a, on a shameless pile somewhere in Europe. Now, but why would that halacha, why would that be the case? Who cares whether the Yeish happens before or after? Why is it that the halacha is that only if the Yeish happens before he finds the Aveda? So there are two shitos in Rishonim as to why that's the case. Tosis writes in Mesechus Vav Kama, Tav Vav, that once you pick something up, you now have a chiv of a Shavas Aveda. If you see an Aveda and you pick it up, that right there, at that moment, you've generated a chiv of a Aveda. The fact that the guy is later miyayish from, being, from, from ever recovering the Aveda doesn't release you of your chiv of a Shavas Aveda. I mean, your chiv has already been activated. Once the chiv has been activated, then it doesn't go away just because the guy's been miyayish. If the Yeish happened before, so then you never had a chiv to begin with. But that's how Tosis explains. Uh, the Ramban says a little differently. He says, no, once you pick it up, you're a Shomer Aveda, which means that you are now the proxy of the owner. You're the one that's in charge of watching his stuff for him. So it, it's really in the Rishos of the Bailim the whole time. Because once you pick it up, you are the representative, the Shaliach, the Shomer of the, of the Bailim. So it's Rishos Bailim the entire time. So you can't, uh, you can't have Yehosh on something that's still in your Rishos. Uh, Yehosh is only when it's not in your Rishos, but this is still in his Rishos. That's how the Ramban and Bamatziah Dachavav explains. Okay, so whatever the reason is, that's, that's the halacha. But either way, that halacha doesn't apply over here. Because over here, clearly the Yehosh happened first, and then only after the Yehosh did the person uh, find it. So in general, just to know, like with Hashem Saveh, the one of the things you have to, the, you, you sort of go through a checklist in your head, whether you have to do Hashem Saveh. Um, number one, you have to question, uh, is the owner aware that the item is lost? Because if he's not aware that the item is lost, well then we get into Yeshulamidas, right? Which is uh, really the first thing we ever did. Then uh, even if he is aware that it's lost, how, how does the finder know if the owner has uh, given up any, any hope, if he's had Yeish or not? And even if the owner has given up hope, you have to know when he gave up hope, right? You have to ask yourself, did he, did he have the Yeish before or after you, uh, you found it? So there are certain rules that Chazal put in place. Meaning, if you, take, if you find something that for sure the owner would notice if he lost it, you know, something of a certain weight, something of a certain size, or something of a certain chashivos, you know, something that people are checking for. All the Gemara says that people are always checking for money. If they have money in their uh, in their pocket, they're always counting. Nowadays, no one has money in their pocket anymore, unless they're in some sort of all cash business or whatever. Most of the time, people don't have money in their pocket. But there's something there's something that we check more often than they used to check for money in the times of Chazal. Something that we check probably a hundred times more often than they used to check for money in the times of Chazal. Probably some of you have checked it three or four times since I started this year, right? And, and, and that is the phones that are in our that are in our pockets. So something like that. <laughs> so, so, so the um, so the uh, yeah. So some of the. Uh, so, so the, the Chazal assumed that if it's something that they're going to check for all the time, then you can assume that the guy knows that he lost it, uh, because he's always checking to make sure that, that, uh, that he has his phone or that he has his cash or something like that. There are even certain situations where you can assume that by the time the item was found, the owner already gave up hope. Uh, for example, 
let's say you have something, you have an item that was lost in a place where it's rov nachrim. Most of the people that pass by aren't Jewish, Achronim point out, or are not from Jews. So you know that uh, from Jews, going to be honest, he's going to find it, he's going to want to give it back, he has a mitzvah he's going to want to return it. You can't necessarily assume, or people do not necessarily assume, the same level of honesty and integrity and desire to go out of the way to return something when you're dealing with, uh, with non-Jews. Happens to be, the exception to that rule, the Ramah writes in Choshen Mishpat, and this is relevant to our case, the Ramah writes in Simen Rashon Tess, Sif Gimel, in Choshen Mishpat, that an exception to this rule is if what you lost is a sefer. Oh, that's mamish our case. Why is, why is a sefer an exception to the rule? Because we assume that even if a non-Jew found it, he would sell it to a Jew. And since, in the end of the day, the person who's going to end up with the sefer is going to be a Jew, you have that same confidence that it will get back to you. Meaning the whole reason that you don't have Yehosh when it's mostly Jews is because you assume that if a Jew finds something, he's going to want to return it to you. But a sefer, a guy has no use for, for, a, uh, for a sefer. Right? He has no, uh, he has no, no, there's nothing he's going to gain from a sefer. The only use he'll have for it is uh, by finding a Jew who wants it. Ah, so the question is, right, that probably, that Ramah sounds like it's right on point for us, but it's really totally off point for us. Because in the case of the Holocaust, no one expected that the Nazis were going to, and, and nor did they, the Nazis did not, you know, put the stuff up for auction and start selling it to Jewish people. If they found a Jew, they killed him. They weren't interested in selling this farm to Jews. They were destroying uh, whatever, whatever they can get, they get their hands, their hands on. So I was looking uh, just very quickly for a tshuva on, on this topic because I figured there's got to be a tshuva on this topic. And the one that I came across, and again, there may be many, many more tshuvas, but the one that I came across was in the Sefer Kovitz tshuvas from Rav Yashiv. In the very first volume of Kovitz tshuvas, Chelek Alvesim Reish Zion. Now Rav Yashiv, it's fascinating. I think there are four volumes of Kovitz tshuvas something like that, big red volumes of tshuvas from Rav Yashiv. It's fascinating because Rav Yashiv never printed any of them. He never published uh, a sefer. Uh, Rav Yashiv was never interested in publishing. Svarim was interested in learning. Um, and he, you know, if you ever read Rav Yashiv's biography, it is the most boring biography you will ever read in your entire life. Um, it's basically, at the age of six, he sat down in a base medrash and started learning. At the age of 106, he finished and died. Meaning that like, for, a, for 100 years straight, Mamish learning all day, all night for 100 years straight. It's Mamish unbelievable. Like, you know, the whole biography is, um, and then his child was born, but he was busy learning. And then uh, his kid got married, but he left early because he was busy learning. And then, uh, you know, uh, someone had surgery, but he was busy learning. Like, he was, he was, he was not interested in, in, in anything else. He was interested in learning. Um, he, he did serve, though, as a Dayan for some period of time. There was a whole... Uh, a problem that uh, at a certain point he felt he had to quit the Rabbanut Beisden because he felt that the integrity was compromised with the Langer case. We're not going to get involved in that right now. But uh, he was a Dayan on a, on a Beisden for, for a period of time. So while he was a Dayan on the Beisden, he was writing up Kiskei Alacha. 
but 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 uh, he never published anything as far as the sefer. There are scholars that Yanim write up piske piske alacha. They write up uh, piske din. They're available online. You can find uh, the piske din of various uh, bate din. In America, it's not so much the style to do that because someone will find three other bate din to tell you that your basin doesn't know anything and therefore they don't have to listen or whatever. That's just the way uh, the way we roll here. But uh, but it's not like there are official bate din of the of the of the city or whatever. So you don't really. Uh, and there's an, that's the court. I mean, there's an actual uh, there there are religious courts and secular courts. So there's an actual appeals process and everything else. So uh, so in Israel, they write up the piskei. In in the Rav Yashin biography, uh, it says that when the first volume of Kovitz Shuvas came out, someone went to Rav Yashin and said Mazatov, and he said for what? And they said on the publication of the Sefer, he said what Sefer? They did it without his permission, because according to the biography, because he never would have given permission. He wasn't interested in publishing. So someone just gathered together all of his shuvas. One of the, I think the family themselves did it. They, uh, with, with some of the grandchildren, put together all of his shuvas without, without his permission, because they knew he wouldn't give it, but they knew Kali Yisrael needed it, which is some. That's a good Shiloh task, probably. I should, you know, you're allowed to do that. But uh, but they so they put out they put out uh, shuvas so in chelak aleph in reishit zayin he was asked this very shaila it was not a shaila of a sefer it was a shaila of a keser of a sefer Torah from Hungary so it must have been ungapachkid you know a nice uh, nice nice keser of a, of a I'm Hungarian I could say those things a, a, nice uh, ni- nice nice uh, keser of a sefer Torah. Um, that, uh, that that basically a very similar story. So the Toveya said, look, if you look engraved on the inside of the Kesar of the Torah, it's my parents' names. So this obviously belonged to us. Chuvas Hanitva. Rav Yashu writes, the, the Nitva said back, I know that it belonged to you. I know that it belonged to your family. Mizuto Shalyam. I, I Taina that this is called saving it from Zuto Shalyam. If something is going to be swept away at sea, and 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 and, and even with all the sea money in the world, everyone would ever give up would give up hope of ever retrieving it. So th- then it's uh, then it's then it's Hefker. Obviously, during the Holocaust, people gave up hope from it. Vim came paka keser. So you no longer own it. So we could use it for uh, for what we want to use it for. It happened to be that we're using it in some sort of display about the Holocaust, something like that. It was going to be Latovas Harabim, whereas this person who wanted it wanted Latovas Hayachid. He wanted it for his own personal Sefer Torah. But, you know, uh, if, if he's the rightful owner, he could use it for whatever he wants to use it for. Uh, but uh, that, that's the question. So Rabbi Yashu was posed with this question. So, Lechora, Lechora, uh, the guy is good taina, right? That it's zuto shalyam. You gave up hope of ever, uh, of ever, of ever retrieving it. So Rav Yashiv says that yeah, that's true. However, there is a rama, there is a rama that says uh, the following. Let me find. It. He says, um, yeah, b'choshem mishpatzim shin samaches. The rama writes, hakona minaganiv. If you buy something from a Ganav or you acquire something from a Ganav, you don't have to return it. Because it was already Yeish, so it was already Shina Rishos. Okay, so far, so far it seems that the guy does not have to return it. Says the Ramah. 
Mihu nahagu lahachzir kol geneva. But the minig is, any stolen item that you know belongs to somebody else, minig is that you return it. Ve'in l'shanos min ha-minig, ve'in chiluk be'in ha-gan of l'gazan. The Ramah already saw where your mind was going. Minig, yeah, not my minig. It's not, you know, I come from somewhere else. No, the Ramah says, ve'in l'shanos min ha-minig. You have to follow this minig. And I don't care if it's geneva or gazela, if it's a stolen item that belongs to somebody else, I don't care about yeish. Minig is, and it's a minig of, of Klal Yisrael, at least Ashkenazi jewelry, whoever the Ramah gets to speak for, the minig is that you have to return it. So now, like, the pendulum has swung in the uh, other direction, right? This started off as, like, obviously, the guy doesn't have to return the safer. There was obviously Yehush. You have none of the exceptions to Yehush. But now we come across, the, and, and we thought we thought we had, like, a ray of light with the, uh, uh, the safer exception, but the whole safer exception is only because you think they're going to sell it to a Jew, so that didn't work out. But now we have this Rambo, where he tells us, the minig is any stolen item you, you have to return. So look what Rav Yashiv does over here. He says, why? Why would they develop such a minig that a stolen item would need to be returned? I mean, you can't just like take it at face value because you have to see what motivated the Ramad to say that there was such a minig. And, and, and does that reason apply to our situation? So why? Why would, why would there be such a minig to return that which was stolen? So the, the, the Shach, on the side of the page of Choshem Mishpat, writes, you know, normally we have a principle called Dina de Malchusadina. Dina Malchusadina means we have to follow the law of the land. But that's not when it's between two Jews. Between two Jewish people, you don't have Dina de Malchusadina. But he says, uh, nowadays, th- this is the Minog among Gayim, and it's the Minog among Yisrael as well. The Afal Gav Dimina Garua Shuhu Negadin Loazlin and Basre, even though normally a minug that's against the Allah we wouldn't follow. Yeshlomar Dahai Minug Shahu Shinitkan Kach. It must be that there was a Takanam Yuchedas, that they made a special takana for this purpose. Upshita Hador Takanos. And people have the right, the leaders of a generation are allowed to make takanos. So over here, there's a takana, it must be, there's a takana in place to return lost items. Why is there a takana? It could just be a basic sense of morality, that it just seems wrong that, you know, I'm going to have to go to your house and I'm going to have to see my very expensive piece of art with, uh, you know, my father's name signed on the, on the bottom of it and knowing that, you know, that, 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 you, that it just looks ridiculous that you're allowed to keep that and that I can't. For whatever reason, they made a takana. They made a takana. There's nothing to talk about. So there's a takana in place. You have to follow the takana. However, says Rabbi Yashiv, the Ktsos disagrees. The Ktsos says it wasn't a special takana. He says, Elaminag Tov Vyasharhu. It's just based on Vasisa Yashavatov. It wasn't a special takana. That uh, there is a requirement. Part of Vasisa Yashavatov is that you're supposed to go Lufni Mishurasdin. It's the Shwash Khalbatish, but one of the reasons the base of Migdash was destroyed, the Gemara tells us, was because we were done about Din Torah. We followed only the exact Din Torah and we never went. Sometimes people have like an allergy to, to chumras or to anything that's beyond the din. Certainly in Dine Mamanis, there's a very great mile in other areas of Allah also, but certainly in Dine Mamanis, to go to go beyond what, uh, what the din requires. So he says, when the Chachmei Adar see that they should be Masaki, that you should return it after, uh, after Yehush, it's not a Minigaru, it's part of Vasisa Yashavatov. So says Ravel Yashiv, 
Lufiza benito didan. In our case, yesh ladun. Maybe it's vasisa yashvatov doesn't apply over here in, in in this case. Why? Number one, he says he's talking about a kesser Torah. Kivin shakesser Torah nasun lekishut b'makom tziburi. He said maybe it's going to serve a better purpose in a public place than it will in this uh, in the rightful owners or the original owners' private collection. So maybe the yashar v'tov, maybe the lufnimishras then should be that the public should benefit from it. That would not apply in our case. He says second of all, lonis baru lefanenu matzava shalatovea emu shayich laosu asug shalav namar tzadik shalucha b'teinlo. He says, you know, Vasisa Yashvatov is the people who deserve Vasisa Yashvatov. I don't know who this guy is whose grandfather owned this Kesar Torah. Maybe he's not from, maybe he's not, he's not going to treat it properly. Maybe he's not. So if he's not a, a, among the sug of people, the category of people that deserves a Vasisa Yashvatov, so maybe we shouldn't do Vasisa Yashvatov. Then Rabbi Yashvatov says, so again, what are Right, so would it apply to a grandchild? Pashtus is yes, because meaning it, the, the normal Dina Yerusha is it would have ended up with the, with the grandchild. Now, now and, and obviously it has much more sentimental value to the grandchild. Now, where this, where this leaves us is that Rav Yashiv says there are two reasons for this minag that Ramah says to give it back. According to the reason given by the Shach, you have to give it back, you can't ask any questions, it was the Takonim Yuchadas. According to the reason given by the Ketzos, maybe not. There's what to talk about. Is it necessarily Yashar and Tov? We have to figure out whether it's Yashar and Tov. Rav Yashar says we pass like the Shach. We don't pass like the Ketzos. And clearly it's Yashar and Tov. And you don't need it to be Yashar and Tov. Clearly it's a Takanim Yuchedas. And you have to give it back anyway. So now we're done, right? Meaning now you have to give it back. Says Rav Yashar, mm, not so fast. One more thing to think about, says Rav Yashar. He says, uh, even though there is a Takanim Yuchedes to give back a stolen item, there is no Takana to give back an item that was taken as a spoil of war. Stolen item is maybe different than spoils of war. And that which you got in, uh, through a war effort, uh, maybe that's different. Because, look, is, it, would, is the same morality applied? Maybe. But we passed like the Shach, that it's not about the Sisa Yashavatov, it's about was there a Takana Miyuchedas? And this isn't a stolen item, this is a, a, it's not a crime of theft, it's, it's war, which is a totally different status, that the spoils of war belong to the victor. That's, uh, that's the halacha, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin and Mesechus Gittin. Um, Sarvali Yashav says, but that's obviously not the case over here. Why is that obviously not the case over here? Right. I mean, this wasn't a war. This was Nazis just going and pillaging and killing and murdering. So uh, the you know the, the, the Nazis never uh, got anything through spoils of war that were acquired by you know people who were victorious in war. It was uh, just vicious looting and unlawfully by every international uh, you know recognized way of uh, of fighting a moral war. They just confiscated Jewish treasures. So that spoils of war. It's just an unlawful. Uh, theft, and therefore, therefore, Rav Yashiv concludes at the end of the tshuva that he thinks the fellow has to give it back. So something that seems like an open and shut case in halacha that there are basic dinim of yeyush and shimir rishos, and sometimes you learn the sugis, you learn the gemara. If you learn the gemara, that's that's where you stop it. That's where you conclude yeyush shimir rishos, no obligation to give it back. 
But as the halacha develops through the generations, the Ramah notes, oh, but there's a minhag. And because of that minhag, it mamish changes the entire picture. Now, what, what's going to happen over here? So this guy went to his rabbi in the five towns, and he said, Rabbi, uh, this guy is keeping my, my Zaydi Sefer. Uh, tell me, does he have a right to keep it? What's the proper... Let's say the rabbi learns this tshuva now. I sent him to Marmakom. He learns the tshuva of Rabbi Yashif. What? I mean, it was taken by the Nazis. It was found in the... Ah, okay. Uh, interesting. Right, so these are good... Meaning that you're highlighting a point that I'm, that I'm trying to make to, uh, to close out over here. And that is that very often you go to the rabbi and the rabbi will say, oh, um, obviously uh, the halacha is this way and you're right and you should... Uh, and then he's going to go back and he's going to say, my rabbi said I'm right. That, that, that's not how you deal with Dine Mamanis. No rabbi should ever paskin a Dine Mamanis case when you heard from one side their, uh, their version of the story. I mean, this has to be dealt with both parties there and a based in, or if they want to trust a particular rabb who they think is an honest person to talk it through with, who can ask those questions. Was it actually stolen? Was it lost? Was it? And they can go through a whole story. But no one, no one is ever allowed to paskin. Edina, I was just saying, we had a meeting this morning, some of the five towns Rabbanim, with uh, Sholem Kamenetsky and a number of other uh, people. So uh, one of the uh, veteran uh, mechanchim said that, uh, that typically he ran, when, when, when he was running a school in Lakewood, uh, he would, if he would ever uh, not accept a child, so uh, he'd get a call from the parents and they would say, I asked my Rav and my Rav Paskin that you have to accept the child. So what, what do you mean you asked your Rav? Meaning the, 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 the Rav didn't call me, didn't speak to me. Sometimes Rabbanim have to, doctors do the same thing, by the way, sometimes when it comes to Tishbab, I've had the most maddening week of, uh, you know, women calling me, my doctor said that uh, I'm not supposed to fast. Uh, and my doctor's kind of Jewish. You know, so like, uh, instead of a, that, that's another question you're supposed to ask your doctor. You're supposed to ask your doctor, is it dangerous? How do I mitigate the danger? No, we can talk about the halacha. So everyone needs to stay in their lane. Everyone needs to know what they're supposed to deal with. So Rabbanim also, when it comes to Chosh Mishpashayim, you got to hear both sides of the, uh, of the case. You can't pass them like this uh, directly. But it does seem that the case would have a lot of merit based on at least that one tshuva of Rav Yashiv. Okay, we should uh, be zochet to see Nechama and we should be able to have Tisha as a Moe Be'ez Rosh.